This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this edition of Inside Supercars, we hear from the team manager of Team 18, Bruin Beasley, about preparing for the Bathurst 1000. I'd be lying if I said it's not different. You know, there's definitely some more energy in the workshop and more excitement, I think, because Bathurst is such a big event. And it's a week long, you know, effectively you're there from Monday or Tuesday onwards. So it's... Um... Bruin Beasley on Inside Supercars and it starts now. Well, joining us on Inside Supercars, along with Craig Ravel and Cara Jenkin, is Bruin Beasley, the team manager of Team 18, which of course includes Car 20 as well. Bruin, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. And at this time of year, all roads lead to Mount Panorama at Bathurst. What's it like for a team to go from Sandown, you all hope there's not too much damage, but then prep for the biggest race of the year, particularly considering the new cars that you're uh, all toting around the country? Yeah, look, to be honest, it's not a lot different. Um, we still do our standard prep and go through the standard uh, procedures and preparation. It's just a little bit more on lifing and making sure we've got probably newer parts in it than what we would normally do. So it's um, for us, it hasn't been a lot different. We didn't have a lot of damage. We didn't have any major issues. It's a matter of changing, you know, engines, gearboxes and all that kind of stuff to make sure it's fresh to start the weekend. You did. This season had the win up there in Darwin. Is Darwin a track that's got any similarities to Mount Panorama? Look, I don't know. Not really. Um, we we struggled a bit at Sandown. We never really got on top of the the setup of the car until probably Sunday morning, and by that stage it's probably a little bit too late. But we had good car speed for 18 Bathurst. You know, we probably think we're thinking it's probably a little bit more similar to Tail and Bend than than Darwin, um, and we struggled at, at Tail and Bend. So you know, there's been a lot of soul searching, a lot of a lot of research, a lot of discussion, and hopefully um, what we've learnt you know, the last couple of rounds will put us in good stead for the first session of Bathurst. Heading to a place like Bathurst, is it something that the teammates or the crew feel uh, pretty nervous about? You sort of have some nervous energy or is there exciting energy? What sort of the feeling around the workshop? Uh, more excitement, really. I think it's that one event that everybody strives to be part of a winning team for. So it's... Um, I'd be lying if I said it's not different. You know, there's definitely some more energy in the workshop and more excitement, I think, because Bathurst is such a big event and it's a week long, you know, effectively you're there from Monday or Tuesday onwards. So it's um, it definitely has a different feel, but the guys around the workshop are quite excited. I think they're generally thinking that we're in a good place uh, and we should be able to get half a result, I think. 
Is there is this the biggest event that you need to prepare for in terms of making sure that you've packed everything in the trucks and, and you have all the equipment and you've got two drivers, so you need to be prepared for both of them in terms of the whole scale? Um, is it the biggest one of the year? Yeah, it is. I mean, in some ways, places like Darwin and Perth are harder and Townsville because if you forget something, you can't come back and get it. Um, Lisa Bathurst, if worse comes to worse, she can actually get someone to leave the workshop and head from Melbourne and you can head from Sydney, you can meet in the middle and it's not it's not the end of the world. So we've got to pack more stuff, you've got to be more prepared and you're, you're away longer, but in an emergency, it's a little bit easier than some of those big halls. What are some of the things that you do do in these couple of weeks that you've got or a week and a bit to be able to prepare? Um. As I said, it's not a lot different to normal. You know, it's our normal processes of stripping, cleaning, crack testing, checking. Um, the only difference really is that you go in with fresh stuff. So, um, you know, we'll start the weekend with a fresh engine and French transaxles and uprights and bits and pieces that normally, you know, your life, so you change them now. So there's probably a little bit extra work in that side of it compared to some rounds. But fundamentally, it's the same. Um, it's just the componentry side of it you have to make sure that we're we're organized and we've got spares and everything's prepped so you want to go there with you know fresh everything rather than fresh half stuff so it's um it's not a lot different to be honest with the amount of spares because these cars are new you've been i imagine building up your stockpile throughout the year but we are seeing a few components that are perhaps a higher wear rate than what has been experienced with the previous car. How is the stockpile of parts and, and you know, the, the obvious one is front splitters, which were very troublesome at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, we've, obviously, you learn as you go and um, some of the stuff at the start of the year we've worked our way through and our spares are pretty good now. Um, we'll be taking more than what we normally would, but we haven't had to really go out and order a lot of stuff for this event because we're going planning for it for a little while. So um, splitters aren't too bad. I think I'd be more concerned about the Gold Coast with the tie bundles and things. And Bathurst is generally pretty good on that stuff. Um, it, other than, you know, steering racks are the other one people talk about. You know, we've, we're pretty well prepared then. We had, we've had no issues really all year. We had a, a bit of a glitch at the first round with a filter being blocked. But since then, you know, we've been on top of it and we haven't had any issues at all. So we're not too concerned at the moment, but that doesn't mean we get there and we do, you know, a couple of sessions around that track and there's some things that pop up. But we think we don't think there's too many issues to be concerned about at the moment. On the steering rack, are you doing a maintenance program on the steering rack like you would have done on, say, a transaxle, where you completely strip it down, completely replace all seals, go through, check all the worm gears and or the rack and pin the uh, rack and pinion in particular and you know realign them crack test them and and do those sorts of things which might have been above and beyond not really i mean it was a process with the old steering whack as well so you know the team 18 is well documented with some steering rack issues that had um you know 18 months ago 12 months ago so 18 months ago we've been pretty on top of all that and we've got a good program but preventively we we do pull them apart and check them anyway we don't we just don't leave them there and, and hope for the best you know we, we need to be on top of that so 
we have been doing that as standard practice anyway, and we've got, you know, a couple each car that we rotate through. So one comes out, one service and fresh and goes in, and the other one becomes a spare for that round. And one thing that just my general chat with different teams has been that the the wheel nuts, which came into question at Sandown, but the wheel nuts have been a lot higher consumable this year. Um, yeah, they have been. That's true. But in saying that, too, we haven't had any wheels come loose. We haven't had any issues at all. So for whatever reason, we haven't had that drama. But we have gone through more wheel nuts than normal. Um, but, you know, they are consumable. They were consumable in the old car. They are on this one, too. But um, the difference is, I suppose, there's been a few upgrades along the way. So we've had to buy more stock and, and change things over as we go. And, you know, it's... It's not an issue, but you know, we we after Sandown, we've probably found four or five nuts that we will throw away now. Um, and the old nuts, you know, there might have been a couple, so it's not drastically different, but it is a little bit more. Yeah, I, I was hearing anecdotally from teams that yeah, they're regularly going through six wheel nuts in a weekend. Sandown, obviously, is a is a slightly different case, but six wheel nuts in a weekend where in previous years they were going like through six a season? Not really. I mean, we we probably go through on average two or three wheel nuts a weekend, and sometimes it varies, but the old wheel nuts used to break too. You know, they'd break tangs off of them and bits and pieces. So um, they are, I mean, I think people have been doing different processes. So some people seem to be going through more than others, and some people have wheels fall off, and we haven't. So... For whatever reason, whatever we're doing, we're, they're not as consumable here as what they might be somewhere else, it sounds like. Let's get away from talking about all these things that are failing. I don't want to jinx anything. Let's talk about sort of some of the um, action at the at the track in terms of what you guys are running around doing. Um, it's a place that you get a lot of extras come to, isn't it? Like a lot of sponsors and, and um, other people. Yeah, look, it's um, there's a lot of off-track stuff going on, especially pit tours, corporates, appearances for the drivers. It's actually quite a busy weekend for them. Um, you know, we we're doing the schedule, finishing some schedule stuff off today, and there's so much that goes on for the poor guys that sometimes they're running from one to the other. So it's hard for the drivers. It's a big event. There's a lot of pressure, but there's also a lot of corporate, a lot of sponsor, and a lot of you know commitments, even for supercars that they need to cover off that. You just can't avoid it. It's just part of the event. It's such a big profile event that everyone wants a part of everybody. Is that something that you have to carefully manage or does that sort of help build up some of the the high-spirited energy that you can get at this event? Look, I think there's pros and cons. Um, it all depends on how, you, how you're going. If, if you're having a good weekend, you've got a fast car and everything's positive, it's good, you know. But if things are, if you're struggling and you're trying to find your feet, some of those appearances are a bit of a distraction. Um, but they're a necessity, aren't they? We, you know, our sport evolves around corporate money, so we have to do it. But I think it's part of it. You know, there's a lot of guys that enjoy it, get excited by it, and there's some guys that don't like doing it at all. So, for us, it's important to try and keep that balance, try and keep the guys, our drivers, in a good headspace, make sure they're happy. And if we've got a fast car, um, that helps as well. If we've got a slow car, it makes it harder, that's for sure. Every appearance is a, is a chore then. 
Do you have uh, really sort of tight scheduling? Is there like 15-minute blocks in their calendars that they get a ping about, they have to be here, have to be there, or is it a bit more fluid than that? No, that's pretty much how it is, actually. We know we're doing some, some debriefing stuff today and scheduling and you know, sometimes they've almost got to be at two places at once and you know when you schedule it you've, you've got to allow 10 minutes to get there and five minutes to get back or whatever it might be and it is a challenge um there's a lot going on at Bathurst you know some events there's very little but here there's so much going on that the poor guys are you know you've got to have a buggy and Sarah will be grabbing them and whizzing them off to the next place and taking them to the next one from there so it's a challenge but you know it is they're young they're athletes they can go well, they've got some some seasoned drivers there. They've got a little bit of experience under their belts. Does that mean that they can just uh, pop, run back into the garage and pop into the car and head out on track for their practice or qualifying or whatever? Or do they need need some preparation time um, to, to to sit and settle? Look, I think everyone's slightly different. You know, there's some guys that really need a bit of alone time and need to take a breath and have no distractions. And there's other people that can jump straight out from a distraction straight in the car and, and, and be in the right place. So everyone's slightly different and you've got to manage that. I know, you know, our two guys are very good, um, but they do need their time. You know, they need their time alone and that's completely understandable. It's, uh, it's a big job, it needs a lot of concentration. So, but I'm sure there's guys like, you know, looking from the outside, someone like Craig Lowndes and, can be joyful, cheerful, and having a discussion, jump in the car and do the job. So it's a little bit for everyone, and you've got to understand each of you guys and try and manage that and allow them to, to have the time and the space they need. So as you're you're prepping for the event, do you put a do you put any sort of ceiling on what you can achieve? Yeah, so for the guys, generally we have what we call a blockout period. So there's a certain time before each event that um, is their time, so they're blocked out from anything. So that's for them to to be with their family, be by themselves, hide in the corner, whatever it might be. So we definitely do block have blockout periods that's for them only. So there's no commitment to any, whether it be team ones or supercar ones or sponsor. You know, that's their time, and um, and that's usually pretty standard uh, amount of time before a session that, that you know it's it's their time and interestingly i think we're 11 years since the 50th anniversary because numbering seems to be so fluid these days and anytime you can get a nice number onto a merchandise piece you go for it no matter what the uh, stat might be but what is your expectation of numbers and the amount of you know, sponsorship and extra things that are going to potentially get in the way between settling a driver and getting them on the track? I think generally it's it's their alone time. So, you know, if they've got a if they've got to be an appearance and um, keeping up what are they call keeping up appearances, you know, ten minutes before they get in a car, it's just not going to work for them. They really need a good half an hour, we feel at least, to, to have their own time before they get into anything because, you know, sometimes they've got to go to the toilet, they're going to have something to eat, they might need a stretch or a, a massage or something. Um, so they definitely need at least half an hour before they do anything before they get in the car because it just allows them to, to regroup, focus and, you know, take a breath, as I say. And having four drivers, does that actually spread the load for appearances and, and sponsorship or 
it's the front two, which is Mark Winterbottom and Scott Pye, that really have to do all the work, even though it's an increased amount of work. Look, to be fair, they nearly you know ninety percent of the appearances are joint ones. So, so Mark and Michael will do something that say less safe for Dewalt, and then Scott and and Warren will do something for Toyota or Hino or something. So generally, it's the two of them. There's a, there's only very rarely occasions where they they're on their own, but we try and keep the the guys as a pair because they're a team, you know. So um, it's they spread the load and they're usually at the same place at the same time. And I know Cara wanted me to move away from the tech, but I know how much you love your open wheel racing. And when you see someone like Sergio Perez withdrawn from a race because he ran out of front noses, is there, a, is there those sort of risks in supercars? I don't believe so. Um, I think, and the reality is we all get on pretty well. So I think if... If we have a, a really bad lead up and we run out of components and we're looking like we do, I'm sure there's going to be enough to get loan to borrow and help each other out. They're, you know, saying the other way, if someone needs something and we've got it, we've got enough at the moment to to do the event without any dramas. But you know, you don't know what's going to happen. We could have a really really bad Thursday with both cars, which is you know unheard of, but things happen then it'd be a case of just knocking on some doors and asking for some favours. But I think fundamentally everyone's got it covered. We've got enough parts in our our truck to get our two cars through. Um, You know, there's nothing really of any that we're concerned about, to be perfectly honest. I think it's all pretty well covered. And I know with Mitch Croak on board, no matter what the panel is, it'll look a million bucks by the time it rolls out. 100%, 100%, yeah. <laughs> Lucky we've got a good sticker machine. <laughs> That's right. Bruin, always a pleasure. Um, the confirmation of Taupo, you'd be one of the uh, leading people with engineering knowledge of that circuit for next year in the supercars. Well, there's no such thing as guarantees in life, is there? But um, no, it's a fantastic place. and I'm, These cars will be really good there. So I'm quite looking forward to, and I think everyone will be quite surprised how how good the track is and how good the town is and and the feeling and the whole event will just be fantastic. Um, It's a great place. I'm pretty excited to go there, actually. Going to do a bit of fishing on the lake? Might do a bit of fishing, maybe a little little boating, maybe some skydiving. Um, There's a bit to do. Bruin, always a pleasure. All the very best up at Bathurst. Look forward to seeing you up there. Thank you, and thanks for your time. Thanks very much to Bruin Beasley joining us here on Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.